I'm Alex Cox. And I'm Kathy Campbell. And this is Roboism. A podcast about robots and tech and isms. But mostly, well, lately it's mostly kind of been tech, but I feel like we're back in the vibe of full robot. So let's go. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, unfortunately, right now the two are very intertwined. Yeah. There aren't as many happy-go-lucky robots and more you know the ones that are <laughs> engaged in surveillance capitalism which is another <laughs> ism but you know what we're gonna try to find more more fun robots you found a fun robot i did find a fun robot and i i love that there is a, a source for me to send the robot tiktoks to and and somebody will be able to really enjoy them uh Instead of just going, what? <laughs> so we will put this, I mean, to be fair, I went what with this particular TikTok um, because it came up in my feed because the algorithm, as we've discussed, is great. And it knew that I needed some real TikTok. I needed some real robot TikTok joy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I sent this video to you and said... In all caps, because apparently that's how we talk right now. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. most is. of our conversations have been all caps because we're very excited and I'm here for it. It's great. Uh, and I said, what is this robot and how do I get one? Do yes. you know? So you don't know what robot you sent me. So I was a very professional podcaster and chose to not Google anything because, you know, I do this for you um <laughs> not all of the money we make off of this show what <laughs> yes that's definitely it speaking of money that we make if you would love to support our random robot love feel free to visit relay.fm slash membership uh and sign up for the relay membership and if you choose roboism we get a portion of your money and we are very, very thankful for our fantastic members, both part of the network as a whole and our individual uh, chosen ones. I, I like maybe. you more. I like I like you all more. I mean, what? Yes. Sorry, go go on, Kathy. <laughs> but uh, as a member, not only do you get um, the great crossover feed and all of the member specials, which, by the way, are happening as we speak. Uh, there's some really great things coming up, um, but you also get to be a part of the Discord, which is the happiest place on Earth, especially since Disneyland just now opened and just now is for uh, California residents. And so if you're not able to go to Disney, uh, you can join the Discord where you can hang out with some really cool people. And I hear that the Relay FM community manager has done an amazing job, not only moderating the Discord, but also putting together the Relay FM member special ep- episodes because I like a new one's been dropping in my feed like every day and I get psyched every time, especially if you don't have time to listen to all the amazing shows on Relay because uh, the world is opening up and, and you get to hug. Some people are able to hug each other one, uh, yes. <laughs> like once again. 
again. So it's been wonderful like to uh, hear, hear some friends in my ears that I haven't in a while. It's been a delight. <laughs> it's true. And if you are on kind of restrictive time because you uh, maybe don't have, you're getting back into real world and you're very busy and getting to hug people and hang out with people, I have a great show for you. Other than ours, of course, which is obviously the best. Um, but uh, another show on Relay uh, that has a very limited time is called Clockwise. Uh, and it is an absolute delightful way to achieve technical information and news without having to listen to a two, three, four hour podcast. Uh, the hosts are Dan Morin and Micah Sargent. And every week on Wednesdays, they have guests join them from a variety of areas in life. And they talk about four tech topics. And the best part is that it's 30 minutes. Yes. Every episode is only 30 minutes. And so it's super great to get ideas and you can learn some information that you maybe didn't even realize was there because there's new guests every week so you always get new viewpoints and new ideas from different walks of life it's super great i love uh how fantastic dan and micah are they are two of my favoriteest people in the entire world and they make you feel really comfortable when you are on the show um and so if you want just a little sprinkle of tech in your feed to listen to, I highly recommend Clockwise. I, I think some quick behind the scenes of Clockwise. That is the first Relay FM show I was ever on. And it was the first podcast I ever recorded with you. And the first time <laughs> it was in a foreign country. So a lot of uh, firsts. Yes, <laughs> for, for it that. also was my first Relay episode show ever. And I did it live in front of Ool, and it was very stressful. But then I got to watch my Curly input my name into the CMS, which was very cool. Yeah, yeah, people are nice. Gosh. I, I, yeah, they are. Oh, uh, uh, no, I don't. Mm, I, mm, emotion. Oh, <laughs> nope, gosh. Not emotions. Not emotions. Oh. <laughs> Kathy, you're, you're kind of uh, leading the show today. Do we want to get to your topic, or do you want to investigate the mystery TikTok robot whose name is Jibo. Love at least a small informational bit on Jibo, specifically since we kind of started this show talking about it. And I would like to finish that off because I am, you know, a friend to our listeners and I appreciate them and I want to reward them for listening. So please, real quick, it doesn't have to be super long. It doesn't have to be a deep dive, but I'm desperate to know what this robot is. <laughs> so the the Jibo robot uh, was something that was sort of the it built itself as the world's first social robot for the home, which <laughs> mm, I don't know about that. But the thing is, this this little guy was so cute and so sweet. It does a little dance. You can still see it on TikTok. But Jibo was going to die. The service that uh, the back end that gave it all of its information, you know how 
how Amazon gives uh, mm. the the tube all all the great t- t- tube now squares and all all those oh. Echo products. You know their info. Jibo was losing access to that backend. However, however, people were genuinely very sad. In fact, I, I believe the yes the the, <laughs> the wire in 2019 or uh, wired in 2019 said my Jibo is dying and it's breaking my heart <laughs> but lo, uh, lo and behold the in uh also in 2019 the oh i apologize 2020 jibo uh this is from the verge jibo the social robot that was supposed to die is getting a second life so i don't want i don't think we should talk about this more but i am trying very hard to acquire one of these especially because it reminds me of the anki robot which i think i have i don't know if i've ever been able to show it to you but eventually yeah it was another one of these products that was crowdfunded and honestly didn't have a chance but it it brought me and my cats so much joy but then it was acquired and so it it is back to life and uses the uh i think it uses the echo backend uh but yeah i just think this is really interesting that these hardware products that are crowdfunded and at the time like it's kind of iffy as to whether or not there's any sort of longevity (laughs) even possible but i i mean I find it really empowering that folks are like, wait, 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 now, come on, we can, let's not make this uh, a full-on monopoly. Let's just, uh, well, <laughs> let's just have a monopsony, monopsony, uh, <laughs> Mon- it's hard monopsony. for me, monopsony, uh, we'll put that definition and pronunciation in the show notes, um, but yeah, so if anybody also has a Jibo or an Inky, let, let me know, because I have been on a quest, but, and they're probably going to go back into production, but for now, they are pretty rare. Well, that really helps uh, me understand the hashtag Jibo Lives mm-hmm. that was tagged in this yes. TikTok. Yes. That makes so much more sense. Mm-hmm. And I am very appreciative of your definition. But basically, humans love cute things. Mm-hmm. Let's just be honest. And I think there needs to be more cute things in the world. So let's keep it going. Let's keep supporting and loving on these adorable products because I want them more in my life. So clearly that means that they need to exist. And they're not made by Amazon. And I use Amazon products, but I would like to use other things. More more artisanal robots and support more folks. Yes. Okay. So our main topic today is going to be uh, something special. Ever since Alex was kind enough to invite me onto the show, Mm. I have been seeing more and more robot-related information in my life. I don't remember what the German word for it is, but that is hardcore real. Is the word you're looking for an algorithm? I I mean, partially, probably, yes. But the, the thing where... You are wanting to buy a white car, and so you all you see is white cars? I, I see. Yeah, yeah. Whatever that's called. Uh, feel free to tweet me the answer, because I will not Google it. Um, <laughs> so I was on Facebooks uh, for my work. You know what? The whole other conversation about Facebook. But anyways, uh, someone posted a... Okay, this looks to be a screenshot of a person's phone with an Apple News 
like indication that was tweeted that was then put, I think, on Tumblr and then put on Facebook. So that kind of like boils down the information to where I was like, this looks somewhat sketchy. So I'm going to do some research before I say anything else. So the Apple News notification was, in Japan, an AI system designed to distinguish croissants from bear claws has turned out to be capable of identifying cancer cells. And the tweet says, shoot for the moon. Even if you miss, you'll land among the stars. All right. Real quick. This screenshot is from a Twitter account. Called white people Twitter. And I yes. have to say that's incredibly accurate. <laughs> I'm like, which which Karen tweet? Not a, not a Karen. Uh, 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 what um wine mom? I don't know. I don't want to disparage. Uh, wine is but, great. Wow. <laughs> but yes, yeah. Uh, instead, it was an Aaron. So kind of the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> then the the Tumblr like follow up really made me interested. And so uh there's multiple paragraphs. We'll include the screenshot in the show notes or a link to the screenshot or some sort of way to include this for you to read. But basically there was a Japanese bakery that wanted to provide a wide variety of unwrapped bakery items to its customers. I don't know if you know this, but something like a donut or a croissant, you can't really stick a sticker with the UPC code on it. There are some, you know, food safe glue. Oh boy, is there. (laughs) That's a lot of work for something very expensive, both in like the actual product itself But the time that would take, especially for, I think there was something like 200 different items, which means somebody looking at uh, a croissant would have to be able to say, okay, this one is chocolate filled and this one is just butter. Okay, let me type in these different numbers or have a huge like screen that has multiple folders. It would need like three Stream Deck XLs to be able to, to process that properly which is just not it's not logical correct me if i'm wrong but it seems like this is very japanese machine like it's not this isn't something we have in in america except some fancy mcdonald's that have it or or actually and australian mcdonald's like you just pick something based on the like a screen you poke it and then the croissant or donut comes out right it's not like you're going to a coffee shop and you're like yes that cake pop please or am i wrong well so from the way It looks, there's a New Yorker article that kind of was really great in discussing the experience of it. And basically what they, what you would do in this bakery is you have like a tray type thing that has all of the options that you pick and you put on the tray and then you take the tray and you put it under the scanner and it pulls the name and the price and you pay and you you're done that's even cooler than what i was thinking of 
oh darn that's so oh that's so cool like you were you were thinking that they would push the button first and then it would like send it out to you or yeah i'll put it in show notes but a lot of foreign mcdonald's have well and by foreign i mean just mcdonald's that are the corporate mcdonald's outside of the u.s have a different they have different skews for their products and it's you usually robots that are handling all of the orders and mm. often like not touching the, the food people are not touching the food and i just enjoy that like the fewer food touches before it goes into my mouth yes. the better yes for sure for sure. This in and of itself is really amazing. The fact that someone, so the person that created this uh, system, their name is Hishashi Kambe, um, who became a science, uh, like a computer programmer type person and started a software company and started like working on things like this. Um specifically was looking at how like textiles were created and making it look like into the printed cards for the old school computer system, like how you would program. Since the 80s, this man has been working on like the visual aspects of programming and how it works with computers, which is really fascinating to me that this has kind of been his main goal um, and purpose. And so he created the company that created this like system in 85 specifically for. Whoa. Okay. Wow. Oh, that's a long time ago in a cool yes. way. Wow. Yes. A super cool way. So what he originally the one of the original projects that this company did was they rendered the kanji characters for on personal computers to help design like bridge, bridges and on-screen graphics and textile simulators and that sort of thing. So again, the digital and the physical were deeply like woven in mm -hmm, mm -hmm. his brain, like in the company that they did it. And in 2007, a restaurant chain of bakeries contacted them to see how to do something like this. So something in this New York New Yorker article that really like made a, a difference in my, in my brain was how Japanese bakeries work. Mm -hmm. So in like a French bakery, you would have like two croissants and uh, uh, maybe a pastry that, that cycles every day. It's very select. You know, this is the kind of item that you are going to get. It's going to change every day. You know, you don't necessarily know what's going to be there, but there's going to be something. And so it, you don't need a fancy machine that will tell you 200 different products. In Japan, that is very, very different. Um, one of the things that the New Yorker talks about is how in Japan, even Kit Kats come in more than 300 flavors. Oh, there's such a good it's story so about that. Good. Oh, man. That makes a difference when it comes to this, what the society expects, especially from a bakery. So one thing that they found when analyzing um, this particular restaurant chain that was looking to create the bakeries was that a bakery that offered 100 items sold twice as much as one selling 30. Oh, my gosh. 
And they also, right? And then they also discovered that pastries that were not individually wrapped sold three times as well as things that were sealed. That's because they appear fresher. This then became like so difficult to understand, like how can we use this information that we have gathered through our research and like all of our information and make it easier for our poor cashiers who don't have to have memorized 200 different products with no wrappers from random baskets that not like who knows where they're coming from Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and how can we make this easier for everybody oh i love it i love it so the really the part that like blew my mind is are you familiar with AlexNet? It's actually, it sounds familiar, but I think if I, wow, okay, hold on. I just need, go on. I'm shocked that I don't know (laughs) immediately what this is. AlexNet is that kind of, um, uh, oh my gosh, why can't I think of what it's called? Like the image recognition software Mm -hmm. that has been like the highest end of quality. So like how well it performs, mm-hmm. how accurate it is, etc. So it's it's been the basis of the majority of the visual identification programs in the future. I I remember w- what this was. This was kind of the first implementation of what is considered like high AI because it was one of the first neural networks um Yes. And I think in like 2010, I, oh, 2012. There we go. Um, yeah, I, I do not understand how it works at all, but it's oh, very not cool. at all. <laughs> not at all. I have no idea. Um, but the, the part that blew my mind was AlexNet was five years after this program came in place. Wait, so was the bread machine uh learning what how, like the the shapes and better able to recognize stuff as it went along yes oh my gosh yeah oh i love the gluten solved a problem for once <laughs> right because if you think about it like a croissant no matter how consistent you make it is always going to look a little bit different. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so being able to really concentrate on like the minute changes, a regular plain donut is going to look similar, but different to one with powdered sugar on it. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Right. (laughs) So it's absolutely mind blowing. Um, by 2013 is when they launched Bakery Scan, which is the year, like, that's when it became, like, an actual product that you could purchase. So tons of bakeries have bought it all over the place, um, and, and it costs about $20,000, for what it does, that doesn't seem like a lot. Is this just in Japan still? No, uh, all over the place. Um, but mainly, mainly in Japan. But you can you can purchase it anywhere. Wow, we could buy one for random things and train it. Oh, oh no, oh no, <laughs> oh oh no, no, <laughs> no. I know. Um, <laughs> So that in and of itself 
is super like that's enough to have an entire episode on just mm-hmm, mm-hmm. bakery baked goods give me the gluten oh, inject God. it into my veins and make me sad because i have i'm gluten free now and it makes me sad like i keep talking about a croissant because i really really want a croissant right oh, now i i am probably oh I, i'm very gluten light in that i'm i just feel like almost hungover after mm. i've been had any or i haven't had many hangovers but i just feel like uh i'm I'm just big old blob but it's so good and now i need like i i i I may actually need a croissant or at least i will be thinking about it all day (laughs) and maybe it's because i haven't had anything to eat but now i'm i'm like lisping even more because my mouth is literally watering so thank Mm, you new pop filter yes (laughs) yeah uh gluten makes my cheeks burn like they have flames on it yeah it's it's so weird. Oh, dang. And it's very sorry. recent and I hate it. Anyways, that is not the conversation that we're having here because not only does this product work amazing, obviously it's learned and grown over time, but like it's been great. It's done an incredible job updating all of that, blah, 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 blah. Uh, in 2017, a doctor at a medical research hospital saw an advertisement, a television segment for the bakery scan. And he was like, huh, (laughs) I wonder if we could use this for cancer cells. Because as the New Yorker quotes, he realized that cancer cells under a microscope looked kind of like bread. Right? So he contacted the company and they were like, sure, we'll take a look. So they already had a framework for finding interesting features to make adjustments. So like powdered sugar, no powdered sugar, etc. So they could tweak it to make it work towards like looking at a specific cell and measure its nucleus and see how different that is. Over the next year plus, uh, the company started like working outside of the bakery world and called this AI scan. The algorithms have now been like altered and uh, customized to be used to distinguish pills in hospitals to lessen human error in that. Oh, I didn't know that was this being used in the same way. I, yes. I've seen that. Oh, gosh, that's so cool. So it's used to count the number of people in an 18th century woodblock print <laughs> to label charms and amulets for cell in shrines. <laughs> you can use it to detect incorrectly wired bolts in jet engine parts. Oh, my God. Jewels, uh, desserts, uh, planes, (laughs) planes, trains, and croissants. This is wonderful. (laughs) So basically, this random product with the desire that a big bakery company wanted to put together to make it easier for their cashiers and have, you know, the multiple several hundreds of items in a bakery is solving so many layers of problems 
that we never could have imagined that it does. This is my favorite example of how a lot of humans really have a lack of imagination about Mm -hmm. how algorithms and machine learning will work and, and or rather do work because facial recognition is very, very scary. And because it's messed up a whole lot. We've, we've seen Google mess up time and time again where their <laughs> facial recognition is incredibly racist and like only knows how to recognize white faces properly. But right. the fact that a machine can detect some powdered sugar on a donut right cancer cells and of course there's there's risks involved the same way any you know machine risk happens but you know like you said this was developed not to replace workers but to make it easier for them to you know do their jobs they're not they are working alongside this like I, i don't think many cancer researchers have been put put out of a job they're not losing their job but apparently this has a 99 percent accuracy rate which is actually better than just the human eye oh absolutely absolutely i like as we're as you're talking about this i my brain is sort of remembering the places that this has been used vaguely but i think it I think people are probably less excited by this sort of thing because it's like, well, it's it can do photo recognition, meh, where that's such an oversimplification of mm. uh, of the ramifications of this. And I, I'm sure I know there are <laughs> so there's some Bond villain out there figuring out a way to make this into a weapon but i mean this is i i like to compare a lot of new tech to the iphone in that the iphone hasn't taken a job from anybody well i mean i know it's hyperbolic but this is another example of if we embrace it it just makes our world better even if you want to live under a capitalistic system like it helps sell croissants better you know right i don't see that i i am very uh, I know that is incredibly expensive and not like every nursing home in the world can have a magical pill detector. But what if what if it could? What if we could right. see the COVID cells? I mean, we can. That's why it's called the novel <laughs> COVID <laughs> coronavirus. But oh, gosh, I did not know the origin story of this. And it makes me so happy. Well, and and to put the powdered sugar on top of this delightful donut conversation, um, because of COVID, many pastry shops clearly are not leaving unwrapped items mm-hmm. um, because it adds that extra layer of customer fear. Uh, mm-hmm. So... Recently, bakery scan, because everything was wrapped in cellophane and it was originally like throwing off their counts, it reworked it to make it work properly with the plastic around it. Oh, so my they're gosh. still instead of just tossing UPC codes on it, they just fixed the algorithm and the, the program to make it recognize the 
uh, plastic-covered items. So now it knows a paste what a, what a different pastries look like in saran wrap or or whatever yes. on top of yes. everything else. Oh my exactly. goodness! Wow. Yeah. This is one of those episodes where I have nothing to contribute just because I'm very excited and uh, in awe of <laughs> what computers can do, other than just you know creating artificial scarcity of artwork and right. it, it makes I, I i keep using the word excited because i literally want to go che check out what is the like closest business to me or organization that uses this <laughs> and be like what what else what else i want to know yeah yeah so i was super excited to be able to like have this because it just it showcases everything that's exciting about robots and everything that's exciting about the human minds behind it and how they can create these amazing, amazing things. This really reminds me of how penicillin was created. Mm. It was basically a big oopsie. And there's a great episode of the podcast of the Anthropocene Reviewed with John Green that I'll put in notes. But... Pretty much every strain of penicillin that we use came from not just, oh gosh, I'm so sorry, Mr. Pencil, I don't remember. <laughs> but then another, uh, years later, another doctor was like, oh, hey, this looks like uh, that bacteria that Mr. Uh, Pencil found, huh? I think it was on a pineapple <laughs> in a grocery store in, in Illinois, uh, my, my state, hooray. Uh, and now all <laughs> penicillin is derived from a weird fruit, basically, like something that was growing out of weird fruit. And I just am very happy That's amazing. about that. I also... It reminds me of the, um, not slowpox, oh my gosh, the smallpox vaccine, um, or I guess, in a, in a, what's it called? Where I don't remember, but how it was basically created, there's a, a, a book that's like um, a fictional nonfiction story, which is my favorite way to learn things, um, called The Speckled Monster. Um, oh, which talks gosh. about the basically two the the colonies and England created a smallpox vaccine um, almost at the same time. Wow! And it's just like absolutely amazing uh, how this stuff happens um, because of whatever reason. Uh, you know, people recognize and acknowledge different things in life and, and how it works and how it happens. Um, and it's just, it's so cool. And I wish that I could have the speckled monster part two that talks more about the, um, uh, Eastern women that actually like created the smallpox vaccine in, like, I think Constantinople. Oh, gosh. That hasn't existed for a while. I know. So, like, it for generations it had been taken care of there from with this vaccine. And here comes a European woman to save the day. Lady Mary! <laughs> you know, 
pulls the information from the eastern tribes of wherever and is the savior but like they've been doing it for thank you lady carolyn yes it's just like okay i I want another version of this book with that part because Mm -hmm. it's very much like you're eurocentric but that being said it's very cool so cool this also brings to mind what Ted Chang always says about magic versus tech in science fiction. And he's the author of the, well, <laughs> he's not the author of Arrival, the, the movie with Amy Adams, which is very good and just, mm, yeah, it is. it's it's a beautiful movie and everybody should see it. But he has written two books filled, filled with uh, short science fiction stories that are just also so, so beautiful. And the thing he says about tech, which I also find beautiful. Gosh, what a beautiful, uplifting episode this is. Of course, Kathy <laughs> brought brought this upon us. But uh, <laughs> he, he's like, magic is always a it's always going to create a caste system if not everybody has it and uh, tech while it there are caste systems is you know like eventually ideally everybody has access to it which is why i'm so passionate about you know open source stuff and you know like right to repair laws and stuff like that and I really, really love this idea of, you know, the scientific community really branching out with the, uh, oh gosh, what's it? You know, I, I like to keep in a lot of the parts where we mess up because I think that, or like mess up the names of things because... Mm. So much of this is intimidating, and a lot of times, sure, I, I'm i probably not going to, like, literally make or play with the neural network, but that doesn't mean that, I guess, lay people can't be familiar with how this stuff sort of happens yeah. and, um, like, what is happening, because... And then it just makes tech more democratic in terms of, you know, the public square of knowledge or whatever we're deciding to call it these days. Right. So, I, I mean, I don't I don't know. I just I no, I totally agree, especially because like so when we talked about planning for this episode, I was like, here, I'll take charge. And then as soon as I sent that text, I was like, ah, poop. <laughs> And got really nervous and overwhelmed because that's my anxiety in place. And then I started like doing the reading and 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 researching it more. And I I don't understand a lot of it. If you put me in front of like any sort of device, I I am not a robot scientist. I am not. I I'm not. I can barely get you know, my robot vacuum vacuum to work sometimes. But like, I love the people that are able to do this and do it with a deep seated passion behind it that lets this stuff exist in the world. And there's something really joyful about the company that was like, sure, we'll try this for cancer cells. That was like, they started out strictly like for textiles and then decided to use the information to grow and change different 
like industries and there's something really special about um being open to other opportunities and options and changes and chances in the world and be able to really like make something like this because not saying, you know, do the hard work, hustle, blah, 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 you know, wake up at 4am every day and don't go to bed until two. Like that's Get not that healthy. Grind. Yeah, Crunch. the grind deep, deep in that grind. But like, there's something really special about still having this openness to make changes based on what other people might need. It, it's great to learn and grow as a person and a machine. Hot takes yeah. from Alex Cox. <laughs> <laughs> uh, brilliant. And I think um, that is really important for us to remember that we all should update our software uh, to learn and grow as humans and robots. And that's why you are the perfect host for this show. And I, I think you do some other shows, Kathy. Where can people find them on the internet? I do. I do a show called Friends in Your Ears, where I talk to podcasters about their favorite podcasts on a podcast. Uh, it's very meta, and it fills me with joy every single time I get to talk to whoever I get to talk to. I'm super lucky because I show up. And we talk about podcasts and we're done. And that's the show. And it's great. And you can find that over on The Incomparable Network at theincomparable.com slash F-I-Y-E. That's fire! Um, but you can also find me in a variety of other shows on The Incomparable in a wide variety of places. I'm part of the Agents of Smooch, where we talk about romance and the many forms that it takes. And one of my favoritest things that we do over there is uh, drinking game commentaries where we watch some terrible movies and uh, drink along with it. Uh, you can get most of those as a member of the Incomparable Network. Um, or you can, there's some that we uh, send out on the main feed as well, including the very first one where we watched Twilight. And it went just as well as you could imagine. <laughs> and and I will say, uh, if you listen to those, and you should, and you've become an instant fan like I have, then you should definitely uh, subscribe to the Relay FM, Relay Switch On uh, membership program. <laughs> because, you know, one of those might show up. Who's to say? Who's to say? <laughs> Who knows what might happen in the future? Uh, Alex, where can people find you? Because they find you absolutely delightful and want more uh, of you in their world. Um, oh, Haha, you can't hang up yet. I can't. I can't end the call yet. Uh, I'm actually going to pitch. Huh? Huh? I'm going to tell people to find me on uh, TikTok and the my, my TikTok name for a new project that I'm starting with some folks if you're interested also in more of a wider range of tech, especially, uh, you know, VR, AR and all types of mixed reality. Uh, you, you can go to TikTok and we are at factory settings, but instead of an S, it's a five. Why? Because it's hard to get usernames, people. You try to come up with the yeah. name. <laughs> Dude, it's very difficult. Yeah. Or, or just go to alexcox.me. That's, that's like you know, all the links to all the things. 
<laughs> all of the things. You can also check out their really great show, uh, Two-Headed Girl, with their spouse, Maddie, which is absolutely delightful and can help really break down some information that can really help you understand different um, aspects of queer life, I guess. And But the best part is that their relationship is amazing. <laughs> and I adore both of them very much. And I'm lucky enough that I get to call them friends and my little pocket queers. And I appreciate all of the uh, energy that they put into my life um, and their vibe. So you should listen to that. And then, of course, do by Friday with uh, uh, co-hosted by Merlin Mann, which just two delightful humans that tend to pretty much do a challenge every week but it's so much more than that wow why and did i get I a, a cox commercial what is happening we're ending because this show. No. you are doing so many good things but that's cool because we're done we're oh. done but i love you alex cox and we haven't done our outro so you can't hang up yet all right this has been roboism thank, thank you, you for listening, listening. Optimistic. I know.